and Jules. This is the Nick and Jules podcast. The day of loves. We'll share the love and share the responsibilities of hosting the post show podcast. Some may say lazy. Some may say sharing love. Hi, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that uh, depends on whose time's getting shared, isn't it? Well, we're, right? all, we're all on the clock wow. here. So busy. I so. sent some frostiness here. <laughs> Matt, give us some content, free content. What's going on in your life? Oh, in my life? Yeah, what can Good you Good gracious. Nothing at all. Oh, okay. It's, um... 131060, when did you do nothing at all? <laughs> oh, mate. Phone I, I lines have... are blowing up. Wow. <laughs> People love nothing. Yeah. There's a show all about it back in the 90s. To catch a predator. Seinfeld. If oh. everyone's wondering. We were talking about Seinfeld <laughs> just before. Um, we were talking about, you know, the episode of... I don't, actually, maybe this will be interesting to see if it applies to you as well. Uh-huh. But um, there's an episode where George Costanza has a moment where he's on a date with a woman and it's like midnight and she goes, oh, do you want to come up to mine for a cup of coffee? Uh-huh. And he goes, oh no, coffee will keep me up. Yeah. That fair, that's fair comment. symbolizing to guys. There's a lot of, does everyone have that moment where it was going, you missed the cue. Oh, you were inviting me to do something yep. and I've misread this completely. Oh yeah, I always assume the nothing, and so people literally yes. have to come up with some kind of flashing LED lights and say, "Nah, for realsies, though." It's always good to be on the safer side in case. Well, that you go up there, you strip off, and then they hand you a cup of coffee. Is that often how you end up? No, with never. Coffees? I, I just <laughs> you know, run with the sitcoms. <laughs> when she goes to the cafe downstairs, <laughs> I specifically oh. asked her not to come anymore. Never know why. She's I am the same as you, though, man. I, I need it spelt out to me because you see too many scenes in movies and TV shows where mm. someone misreads you go, oh, and then it's the most mortifying thing in the world and you want to die. Yeah. Yeah. Could you think of anything worse? No, it's like, though, you know, people, like, if we're talking about things in TV and stuff, how they're like, oh, no, no, I've got to say something. And they're like, oh, no, let me say something first. Mm-hmm. Are you dumb? Let mm-hmm. the other person spill mm-hmm. their guts first and then see where things lay. And then they change their story. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, don't be don't be offering it up first. That's foolish. Yes. I, um, would you like to hear a very real example of that? <laughs> sure. <laughs> um... I, so I'd spoken about it on the show, but I, I'm a single guy when I was, when I was broken up with by my partner of a few years, uh, a few months ago, we were, it was, we were tossing up, I was tossing up whether or not I was going to take this job uh-huh. and I had come to the conclusion myself. I was like, no, I'm not going to take this job because I would like to stay with her. Mm. And I'd come to that conclusion and uh, she came in from work. She's a teacher. And I was like, hey, can we just like, I know there's been a lot of craziness going on the last day or two. Can we sit down and have, mm-hmm. like, I've got something I want to say. She's like, that's cool. I've got something I want to say as well. And I'm like, no, no, let me, I'll, I'll go first. I'll go first with my thing. Oh, no. And I said, I, and I, I sort of spilled, I spilled my heart and I was like, no, and I want to do all, I want to do all those, the things that you want to do and yeah. blah, 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 blah. Um, and so I'm going to say no to the job because I want to stay here with you. And she goes, you can say no to the job, but I really think we should oh. sort of take a break and sort of separate anyway. So the like, job was regardless. <laughs> oh, it's like, oh. Out. oh, oh, no, no, no. let me say it first. Oh. <laughs> let me just jump in. The- <laughs> oh, that's not oh, my fun. Stars. Oh, and I remember just going, huh? Uh, <laughs> um, haven't you seen romantic comedies? <laughs> I, you know how this works? I'm supposed to get what I want. Yeah, I just made a huge gesture of love. Yeah, I was Um, willing to sacrifice my effectively my career because in my life, in my head, I was like, well, this is probably the last chance to get back on air. Mm -hmm. So I was like, this is it. I was like willing to give that up. And she's like, nah, nah, maybe not, man. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Oh, that uh, sucks. Yeah. And I was, and she's like, um, (laughs) she's like, I mean, should I, do you want me to go for the afternoon? And 
Probably, yeah, probably. Uh, yes. probably for the best. I've, uh, yes. I've got some uh, some eyewitness to deal with. I uh, <laughs> I have to make some calls. <laughs> Shit. And truly, before um, I had had that conversation, as she was coming home, like as she comes in, Mal was trying. Our boss Mal was trying to call me because. I hadn't properly, I hadn't formally accepted the offer yet mm-hmm. because I was having this moral conflict. Mm, of course. And he's like, can you call me back when you talk about the contract details? I'm like, I'm, I can't, yeah. I'm literally, I'm just about to tell her. And he's like, yeah. you haven't told her? And I'm like, no, she knows, but I'm about to tell her something else that yeah, yeah. you don't know about. Right. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's <laughs> part. Yeah. So, uh, ultimately everything worked out fine for Mel. Uh, boss was <laughs> yeah. fine. He's the winner. <laughs> and I think that's important. Yeah. And, oh, uh, and now we're here, but yeah, so. If someone says, hey, I want to say something, you go, go right ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can wait. Yes. <laughs> I can of wait. Course. And it would have, in fact, the outcome would have been the same, but I might have just saved a little bit of face, I guess. Yep. So, I'm, yeah, I, go. I'm retrospectively, I'm not even eager. Like, I'm retrospectively happy that I did say that because mm-hmm. I think I would, I don't know if I like, you know. So that you seem like the nice guy out of it all. Well, a little bit. It makes, it does make me, I, in retrospect, it makes me sound like the yes. nicer guy. Yeah. It's yeah. a like, selfless move. Also, I'm like, you know what? I did everything that I could have possibly have wanted true, to true, do. True. No mm-hmm. regrets. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Obviously sad. Yes. Uh, I'm, <laughs> but, I'm, I, but I'm winning. Da- so. dancing, love, I am sad. <laughs> dancing yes. around the sadness. I'm, I'm, you know, is it? Interesting event. Yeah, no, that sounds like it would have been gosh darn horrific to be a fly on the wall of. It would have been an interesting combo with Mal. There wasn't. I just sent him afterwards being like, yep, just send me the contract, man. Let's get get this movie. Tear-soaked text. Well, I was in, I don't, I vaguely, I don't remember crying that much Mm -hmm. um, about it because like, I I sort of, about being like broken up with. Mm. Uh, a little bit, yeah. Mm. A little bit, because I, I was like, in my head, it's like, well, how do you... The biggest issue was like that I was going to take the job and move away. Yeah. And that she was very adamant she never wanted to leave Brisbane. Mm. I was like, well, I, I mean, I I think that's a, an awful attitude. Yeah, because, but I mean, radio's tough like that. We've I've got to be trained to be willing and ready to move for jobs all yes, the time. And I, nimble. and I agree, but I'm like, you know, I thought there was a little bit of give and Compromise. take there, a little bit. Um, it's like, you know, she has a job that could be done anyway. She was a teacher. So I was like, what mm, a, I mean, whatever. Mm-hmm. Far be it from Sounds me. like it wasn't the only reason. Yeah, evidently. Yeah, there might have been <laughs> evidently, something else. Evidently, Matt, all right. Well, how was I to know? It seemed fine. <laughs> well, I've got a list, actually. We've uh, been working yeah. together for a few weeks. Let's uh, let's into it. Okay, now, wow. Looking back and I'm like, Maybe that was something that stemmed. I mean, maybe it was that. Then you go crazy thinking about all those little things. Oh, oh, but I yeah. think it's yeah, good fun. to be introspective and, and reevaluate stuff that you do and maybe become turmoil, a better person. Yeah, maybe later. I, <laughs> and I have done, I've done the reevaluating yeah. and I go, oh, okay, that was a, that was the wrong thing to do there. Mm-hmm. That was the wrong thing to do there. At the point now where you're like, everything happens for a reason. Uh, yeah, I do. Under- I do believe that. I, I generally have always believed in a karmical sort of universe where, you know, what you give, you get and stuff mm-hmm. happens for a reason and all mm-hmm. that, you know, not religion, but spiritual to a degree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that'll happen. So I'm aware that, you know, it's a bit of a shit time at the moment, but you know, yes. whatever, it's sort of uh, got to have the highs and lows, baby. Mm-hmm. It's a roller coaster. You got to, um, you got to have the, you got to feel like absolute garbage being the pit of the universe mm. so that, you know, when something good happens, you know, you feel like, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's good to know that you can experience both opposite to the spectrum. True. On the opposite end of the spectrum here, <laughs> this incredibly serious chat and mm. heartfelt thing that I've just dished out whilst mm-hmm. dancing around it mm-hmm. with comedy and such. Yes. The exact opposite of that. Yep. Married at first sight. <laughs> oh, wow. What a segue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um, you've had an exclusive here from Nick. We'll also get an exclusive from old mate Harrison. Yeah. Um, Honestly, having not seen the show, listening to that interview, 
Juicy. Quite impressive. Quite interesting. It's sort of a little bit of a peek behind the scenes about how mm. the show is uh, being put to air. And the guy did not want to shut up, too. So right. he had things to say. But he did keep cutting you off. Which is <laughs> yes. I was like, let me wrap you up. Come on. Let me. We've got to get to ads. And it, so it was interesting because he does. Because I think the public perception is we all sort of know that the show is edited a certain way to uh, make yeah. people mm. look a certain way. There's got to be villains. But it was I hadn't really heard of the people edited that way, how they talk about it. Mm. Um, and I did I disagree with some of the stuff that he says. And you'll hear the interview, the full interview later on. I'll put, I'll put it first up, actually. I'll put it first up here in the podcast. You hear him, he goes, we ask him, knowing that they're going to edit you a certain way, does that affect how you behave? Mm. And, you know, because you are aware of how you might be portrayed. Is, does that, that's in the back of your head when you have these interactions. Mm. And he goes, well, it's hard not to look like a bad guy when there's someone yelling at you and you're saying this. It's like, well, yeah. Uh, like they say, you can blame the edit, but you've got to say the words to give him exactly. the photo. Yeah, they I, came out of your mouth. But also, would it impact you? Because you wouldn't be able to see how your narrative is rolling out yet until it's too late. Exactly. Yeah. So you, you can't, can't alter mid. Yeah, exactly. It's not a live show every week. It was six plus months ago. Yeah. I, um, I think we didn't talk enough about it because I think, I don't think we would have had the time no, really funny to talk about, about uh, Harrison and his perception of gaslighting. Hmm. Yeah, um, I love him doing like you're gaslighting me. Like <laughs> I don't think is I don't. That how it works? Like I, th- he seems to understand what it is, but I think he, like he gets gaslit about, or in quotations, gaslit about. You know, some fr- the phrasing of a sentence he says, and about the commitment ceremony. So I'm like that was absolute garbage, man. Mm. Like you, you as an, a sane adult who knows how to string a sentence together can understand that confusion. No. Yep. Yeah. Exactly right. I think. Yeah. His. His point was they're trying to make that that was from a period of time before other things had taken place. Yeah. So, like, yeah, he meant it at the time, but yeah. <laughs> then maybe things changed, which, you yeah. know, that's part of the magical edit. Well, I think we need them, though. Like, you can't watch a reality TV show where everything's just fine. No. Boring. No. Uh, we'll put the, the interview with Harrison from Merit at First Sight, one of the grooms, up first, so you can be the judge of that yourself. Also on the show today, uh, Star Signs. For serial killers. For serial killers. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Happy happy little Gemini with my uh, knives up in the air over here. Are you a Gemini? Yeah. That was one of them. Two-faced and murderous, apparently. Yeah, (laughs) great. What was was the one I said you were? You were like Ted Bundy. Yeah. No, Peter, your boyfriend, was like Ted Bundy. You were... I want to say John Wayne Gacy. Oh, the clown. Yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) I think R-worded and eight children... Oh, I couldn't tell you, but um, <laughs> and I, I guess won't it's, tell you. it's less funny now to joke about it, isn't it? Yeah. Now you went and said that. Well, I just would like. How I just you really, put context to I'm it? I'm really just trying to refrain from you publicly likening yourselves to John Wayne Gacy. <laughs> so that's thoughtful. You can crack me, but I'm doing. Shoulder, I'm doing yeah. you the fact. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know how like uh, people in like high school yearbooks they have superlatives where it's like most likely to this, most likely mm-hmm. to that. Mm-hmm. Was yours in high school most likely to become like John Wayne Gacy? <laughs> It was a weird school. Yeah. <laughs> and they were like, well, he's a Gemini. <laughs> Classic. Classic Gemini. Um, Those air signs. Always out there. What is, what is the, uh, it was, it's like a, like a, it's like a hot girl summer trend thing mm-hmm. where it was like that for star signs, but it's like Pisces season. Yeah. Yeah. Pisces. Always <laughs> Pisces. It was, is it Pisces? I thought there was a, there's a, there's a specific star sign where they're Season's the most, most chaotic. Cancer? Mm. Cancer season's different. That's summer in Australia. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. Get your skin checked. What what is the month the girls go cray? That's a great question. Wow, I would as a as an ally, I would never say <laughs> you would never. <laughs> I would never. <laughs> uh, and to wrap things up, 
uh, on the show this morning, Jules uh, might have been tricked by someone at the airport. Ah, oh, yep. Thoughts, yeah. Matt. Strange. But it gives, like, big dad <laughs> whose wife has recently left him and he's looking for something to do to fill his time energy. Yeah, why are the guys spending so much time at the airport? Just helping people out with buses? I yep. don't disagree with it. I, I see it as dad who also recently his kids moved away. Yeah, yeah, he's got time. So if he, you know, happens to run into them at the airport, that's a fun little catch-up. <laughs> oh, I don't know if he's going to the airport for that. I think okay. it's more like he it's likes... day-to-day. Day. Yeah. I, I, I look at my dad. My dad's an airport guy. Okay. <laughs> what my, is an airport guy? Oh, well, first of all, he loves airplanes. So, like, he will... He's <laughs> oh, the wow. kind of guy that will go to the... Where I grew up, a town called Sunbury. It's about 15 minutes from the Tullamarine, the Melbourne airport. Yep. So he would just go to the... Uh, the where a lot of people wait... For people's flights to land, but it's the air, oh, the plane viewing area. Yep, yep. Yeah, he's a oh, he's like literally spotter? like a plane. Oh, plane spotter. Mm-hmm. Plane, plane. I know watcher. the terms. Well, train spotter. Train, train spotter. Train spotter. Yeah, plane spotter's a thing. Yeah, yeah. That's um, weird and oh, pretty gosh darn boring. I can't imagine. Well, that patient. <laughs> Let me tell you, uh, I've been recently invited uh, in two or three weekends away, the fourth or the fifth of March. As of mid-February when we're recording this, mm-hmm. uh, I've been invited to the Tamora Air Show. Oh, which is where nearby. Is... It's in Tamora. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and Couldn't put that, that together. <laughs> Regional New South Wales. Okay, thank you. And he's like, "Yeah, do you want to come with me to that?" I'm like, "Yeah, look, I've got stuff on, mm-hmm. I, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind going with you, Dad, because I understand that Dad, you know, it's a re- yeah, it's a, a chance to hang, but doing something, mm-hmm. yeah, just mm-hmm. nose bleedingly boring. Well, and but the, the issue, I have, I don't mind the air show necessarily, but the di- the difference between air the airplanes, let me tell you, yes. is the one is there's you got passenger planes. Mm-hmm. That's the one that Dad will go to watch. Dad will go and watch passenger yeah, yeah, yeah. planes. That's the buses of the plane world. Yeah. The, the air show, that's like the cool, fast ones that are in walls. That's like the yeah, sports yeah. cars. I'm like, okay, I, they're that's fancy. exciting. That's a, that, they're a bit different. They're special. It's adrenaline run. Yeah. But I don't want to go watch the people movers. I don't want to go watch the Tarago of the sky. Yeah, let's pull uh, up and watch a tram dad. Well, Peter does that. Um, and I <laughs> I never have to tell him when I'm arriving on a plane to see him or anything because he knows already. He's got the flight plan oh, out. He's geez. got the app. He knows. He's like... You're a lucky gal. You're traveling on the 738 <laughs> blah, blah, blah machine with the nickname this. I'm like, I'm on a plane. <laughs> I'm glad you found a nerd to match you. Like, that's nice. You know, what things do I nerd out on? Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> She's a real jock. All right, Matt. Okay, all right. A plus front right, row nerd. at school. All right, nerd. I'm going to stick you nerd. in the locker after this podcast. <laughs> um, your your boyfriend grows into my dad, just by the way. Okay, my perfect. dad does the same thing. Well, they could just hang out. You know, they're looking for friends. <laughs> <laughs> well, true. It, sound, it does sound like it. your your boyfriend Peter will need something when he moves here, and yep. my dad is just he's turned sixty this year, and okay. I think he I don't know if he has friends. Yeah, right. Well, Peter's an older soul. Nick's dad to be in your wedding at some point. <laughs> Imagine you were, my dad is somehow, but because Peter has too many groomsmen, he just becomes a, like a maid of honor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Congratulations. Great. <laughs> Jared is actually a really good photographer, so he'll be there right you there. Um, you won't ask him to. Mates for, rates? Uh, he'll do it for free. Oh, he just won't upload them. You'll never get them. <laughs> he'll get the quality. He I mostly the plain photos, but then he won't he'll edit them for his own YouTube channel that he doesn't have publicly. Oh. He just likes to watch his own videos, but he loads them onto YouTube so he can do it anywhere. What? That's a lot of effort. <laughs> I know it's a lot of effort. I said to Dad, sometimes he makes videos where I go, genuinely, this isn't for me, but I think there's a market for this. Like we went to went for a holiday to America, uh, just the, him and I to do hiking last year, mm-hmm. and he put the GoPro on the camera uh, on the car that we rented. 
and just sort of filmed as we drove through this landscape area. And he condensed about a four hour drive into about a minute and a half, two minutes of video. Oh, wow. like, That's nice. cool. impressive. Yeah. There's a market for that, dad. Put it up. People, I think people would care to watch that. A hundred percent. Not just for me. Oh, bless him. Is he just worried that, you know, there's someone oh. out there that's doing it better? Like he'll go viral on TikTok. Next minute he's doing dances. He's yeah, worried yeah. he's going to become too famous. Yeah. He's worried he's going to become the... Uh, That's the concern. The most what's, famous in the family. He'll the, outshine you. What's the oh. what's a TikTok star's name? Can, I truly have no idea. <laughs> Livy, Beast Livy is Dunn. Is she, she, I know she's a gymnast. Is she also on it? I can, let's what say yes. What about the one that Moonlights is a teacher? Blonde chick. Aussie. Hang on. She's, the, she's the only one I think. You create small talk and I'll find out. <laughs> Super oh. important stuff. Yeah, I feel bad it's that like, I don't get too much in the into the TikTok. Boys in the back. That's the phrase she's uh, known for. So we got Help the, me out here. Uh, here's here's a couple of big ones that I think most of everyone oh, listening sure. right now would like be like all of us. Mm. Um, oh, geez, I start the list at twenty to we one. We sound young. One to twenty. Um, What's her name? Uh, Charlie D'Amelio. Oh, yep. Bella Porch. Poach. <laughs> Porch. I prefer Bella Deck, but that's fine. A- Addison Ray. I know Addison Ray. That's a musician. Uh, no, she's not. I think she did a song. No, she's in a Kid Leroy song where he sings about Addison Rae. Mm. No, that's almost the same. <laughs> uh, Will Smith. What? Will Smith is the fifth most popular person Millie on Ford. Instagram. Old Millie Ford. Millie oh, no, Ford. On TikTok, rather. No, this is descending into something weird. Yeah. No, let's move on. She is at Millie on TikTok. 76.4 million likes. Okay. She's doing well for herself. All right. Hey, uh, go jump on TikTok. <laughs> jump into the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Harrison from Maths is up first, dropping some bombs. We'll see you next episode. Bye-bye. Well, Nick, Married at First Sight in full swing. We're talking about it basically each and every day because there's been something going on in this season, including a not-so-smooth sailing marriage between Harrison and Bronte. You can probably start most of these interviews with not-so-smooth sailing marriage. But, yes, I do agree. We are watching it this morning, and I've seen some of it, and I go, oh, that's... Oh, that's, that's, that's unfortunate. Yeah. For those who missed it on Sunday night, it was Harrison that said he wanted to leave the experiment, but TV wife Bronte said she'd stay. They're stuck here for another week. And last night, it was a bit of a crazy blow up where a lot of people weren't on Harrison's side. You literally texted me and you literally said, I'm not leaving. Show me where I wrote, I'm not leaving. I'm not going anywhere. You just said uh, the words, I'm not leaving. You're it's, gaslighting me. That you literally it. said, I'm not going anywhere. You uh, say that you're, I'm gaslighting you. You're you literally are. sitting here gaslighting me. Jeez Louise. That's a full on, uh, it's a full on thing to both hear back and have played to you. And I realise we do ambush a lot of the people effectively when we bring them on. We're joined right now by Harrison from Married at First Sight. Good morning, Harrison. Good morning, guys. How are you? Good, good, dude. Uh, how is it hearing that back? <laughs> is, it, is it full on? Yeah, it's, it is pretty full on. Um, the, the, the annoying thing is that there's a bit of missing context there. So um, essentially, I sent that text message a couple of days before we went to the commitment ceremony. Yeah, right. And it was on the back of when Bronte and I sat down and did the photo challenge. And we had like... You know, we actually sort of got in the same room and, and we nutted things out and, and it was a conversation that ended with, well, it's not a problem with how I communicate, it's a problem with how you communicate. And then there was a bit more conversation that didn't make it to camera where we sort of left the room amicably, if that makes sense. Yeah, okay, that's good actually, that it ended that actually, way to some degree. Yeah, and I actually texted Bronte and said, look, thanks for at least sitting down with me and discussing some of the issues today. Uh, I'm not going anywhere. And then... A couple more days went by before the CC where, um, you know, I was bringing her a coffee and trying to talk to her. And Bronte essentially was 
not talking to me unless there was cameras in the room. Mm. And every time that would happen, it would blow up. And, and what she was essentially trying to say in that conversation on the balcony is, well, you text me, you're not going anywhere. Therefore, you blindsided me and lied to me at the commitment ceremony. Jeez. And I was, saying, I was saying, don't try and twist a text message from days ago into as if you're trying to insinuate that I lied to you or misled you going to the commitment ceremony when we had a conversation the day of the commitment ceremony and I said, hey, I'm leaving uh, if you want to stay and work on this relationship, the ball's in your court. So Harrison, so this is why, really interesting. That's why when we, get to the, when we get to the balcony, I'm like, hang on a minute, you're yeah. fully gaslighting me right now, trying to make out like I've lied to you and misled you when in actual fact you know full well what was going on for the commitment ceremony. Mm, so you really have been painting this bad guy. Do you feel like you've been given a bad edit now? Uh, it's a really good question. I feel like I feel like this show has been edited to make it as juicy and as uh, controversial as possible, and that includes purposely not including context for which I guess what what I've been trying to get across. And uh, it just yeah, watching the show back, it's like, well, why is the audience not seeing what I'm talking about? Like, it just mm. doesn't seem fair. At the moment, right. we're really seeing the story play out as if it's, you know, from Bronte's perspective entirely. And I kind of feel like watching it back, I kind of feel like it's, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty tough. But look, I mean, I've got broad shoulders. I can carry it. It's not a big deal. It's just, um, it is tough, though, to watch it back in. To, to know the truth and to, to not clear it on TV is pretty pretty tough. Harrison, shows like Married at First Sight, they're notorious for editing people in a certain way. Does knowing how producers and stuff are going to look at trying to create this storyline with you and Bronte, does that change how you actually behave when you are with her? Or do you are you sort of going in being, I mean, as, as real as you as you can, but you surely have to have that in the back of your mind going, hey, if I slip up, they're going to use that. Um. Yeah, but how could you not slip up when you've got, I guess you're married to someone that's like constantly trying to start arguments and it's just, it's impossible to look good. Like, I mean, if, if, if I put us in a room and every time you open your mouth, I jump down your throat and start an argument, you know, mm. um, and, and just blame you for everything. How are you ever going to look good in that situation? Totally. Um, it's interesting. Very much you're shedding some light on what we're not seeing about Bronte. Harrison, um, I do want to talk a little bit about something quite funny we saw last night where you, the grooms were challenged to plan a romantic date for their for their brides. And um, well, yep. yours didn't rock up. So what did you do? <laughs> yeah, the picture frame date. I think that'll go down in history. It's probably one of the cringiest moments on TV. Is, um, that, a, is that a you idea or is that a producer idea? <laughs> No, that was that was one hundred percent my idea, and okay. the reason the, they actually didn't want to shoot it, they didn't want to shoot the date, and I was like, no, we're doing it. Um, and I basically got the, <laughs> I convinced production to follow me down to Barangaroo and take this picture frame on a date. But the the reason I did it was just to show, like, I was at my wits' end with Bronte. We oh, just man. could not communicate, and now now she's essentially trying to gaslight me, and I'm just going like, you know, stuff this like. If Bronte's going to take the piss out of this experiment and me continuously, then I'm just going to take the piss back, and I'll do the I'll do the tasks set by the expert with or without Bronte there, because at least then I could go back to the next commitment ceremony and go, no, I tried, I, I put in the effort, I did what you guys asked of me, um, and and these are the reasons why it hasn't worked. Let me go home. 
Yeah, right. So what are we saying next time? Stay or leave? Uh, I can't tell you that, nah, unfortunately. Yeah. Worth a try. Worth a try. <laughs> like, unlikely it is going to slip up there. Look, um, you Look know, I'll, I, say, pretty... I'll say this. I'll say this for you guys. I'll give you a little scoop. It does get a lot better for myself and Bronte from this point out. Um, I think that we sort of put the wedding behind us. Um, you know, there's a there's a bit of a, like, Bronte actually makes quite a big error in the experiment. And then I say, well, look, if you've done this and I've got you've got trust issues from the wedding, I've got trust issues from this that you've done, let's put it behind us and move on. And... Um, and that's what we decide to do, and things do actually start to get a lot better for us from this point out. Well, it's good to hear that you know there is sort of uh, some fair weather coming. A little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. That's, that's it. That's true. And uh, before we let you go, Harrison, just a quick one. Obviously, off the back of that last night, that snippet we played for you there, gaslighting—it's a hot button topic at the moment. How has the reaction been since the episode aired? Have you been getting a lot of flack for that, or do you feel like there are a lot of people understanding the confusion and seeing your side a little bit? Uh, look, it's hard. It's really hard for me to, um, it's really hard for me to argue against when people aren't seeing context. Mm. So it does look like gaslighting, but sure. at the same time, I've been getting told that I gaslit Bronte at the wedding when I took full accountability for what I was doing, gave her my side of the story and said, no, I'm here now. Apparently that's gaslighting. So I think there's a lot of people that need to actually Google the definition of gaslighting mm. um, because I've never, I've never made Bronte question reality i've simply said this is how things are for me this is my side of the story let's move on the first time i've actually really seen gaslighting was last night when bronte was trying to twist a text message out of context as if to say that i misled her into the commitment ceremony yeah right they edit it well because i gotta tell you like watching it i go like i can understand the confusion but i can also see your the frustration and just sheer like the shock on your face of like, what the hell is going on here? How is this being taken this way? Well, it's pretty annoying because um, it's pretty annoying because it looks like we're fighting over a couple of words in a text message. Mm. When re- in reality, I was trying to say, and you can you can almost hear me say it when she's talking over me. You can hear me say, "You're trying to twist this into me lying about the like going into the commitment ceremony." And she goes, "How how am I saying that? You're putting words in my mouth." And I'm like, "Hold on a second, that's exactly what you're saying." pretty rough that people aren't getting it but you know it's they have a show to make they've got to make it as entertaining as possible oh, dude, i think everyone, I, i've got to be honest they are succeeding yeah everyone sort of i think understands there is a little bit of that at play and hopefully as you say things get a little bit better for you and bronte and you know the show eventually ends and you'll find the light at the end of the tunnel as you said harrison all the best mate we're hoping the best for the marriage and thanks for joining us this morning no worries, guys. Thanks for having me. Appreciate the time. I want to give a recap of the big football game that happened yesterday. Oh, Super Bowl. No, we can't say that, Jules. Why? As it turns out, we were talking about it on the show yesterday, and I got told after the show by our boss and some of the legal team that we don't, you can't talk about it. It's like the Olympics. Unless you own the rights, they don't let you talk about it. That's a meeting I missed. Yeah. Whoops. Yeah, I don't know. You, I guess you went home, but mm. I was very much there, so I had to get. I wanted to talk about it because there was a lot of stuff that happened. I think yep. it's interesting to some people. A lot of people either watched the game themselves or know someone that did. Mm. I want to recap it. I've had this recap approved by our uh, legal team. Oh, good, very good. And so I understand it might sound a little bit vague, but this is what we're legally allowed to talk about. This will be fun. Yeah, um, and if you sort of get a little bit too much into it, like I'm going to have to, Jules, I'm just going to have to. Stop you and send Referee you off. Referee me. Okay, yeah, yeah. fair enough. Uh, so I'll take us down to the field right now, the stadium. Wonderful. I'm there already. This is me. I guess I'm going, I'm using my journalism degree a little bit here, Jules. Mm. Um, 
The much-anticipated sports match between the Kansas-based First Nations people and the Philadelphia-based Birdmen was a hotly contested match throughout, with both hordes of adults scoring multiple times in both halves. Mmm, very true. Yeah. Very Un- generic. Undeniable, Jules. Undeniable. The midway point of the annual event was as exciting, with Instagram user at BadGalRiRi yes. performing several noises and hymns, which are many considered by uh, to be music, for the <laughs> undisclosed number of attendees. Oh, yep, yep. Despite her ailment of being with child, her attempt to recreate the original Donkey Kong video game with singing was considered by many to be fine. Is Donkey Kong okay to say? Donkey Kong's fine. Okay, sure. Yeah, that's, I mean, Mar- Nintendo's not going to sue us. <laughs> <laughs> the second portion of the event, which was as long as the first, as traditionally happens to be the case, saw the Kansas boys receive points every time they held the ball, allowing them to amass more points than the, bu- the bird boys by the end of the game. <laughs> And in traditional sports rules, the team with the most points at the end of the game was awarded the title of winner and given a silver metal football to commemorate the superior amount of points. Wow. I have no idea what you're talking about now. But legally, it's completely fine. <laughs> uh, this one's good. This one brings it home a little yep, bit. Yep. Australian-born, Philadelphian-based men, Jordan Malata and Aaron Sipos, yes. were both undeniably there. Oh, you can't say anything more. Jules, <laughs> please. <laughs> Don't, don't make me send you off. Oh, damn it. The Kansas men, excited to receive their special edition ring pops with diamonds, were awarded the title of world champions despite the sport only being played in America. Oh, my goodness. Thank you and good night. That is, <laughs> That's <laughs> that, the legally approved version. That is the legally approved version of what happened at the game yesterday. I can't say what league. I was barely allowed to say it was America. Can't even say who was performing. We can't. Well, at Bad Gal Riri on Instagram... Do your own research. Speaking of Valentine's Day, I uh, spent the weekend up north seeing my partner. We're doing long distance at the moment, so it was great to have a weekend with him. Beautiful. A pre-Valentine's Day day. That's it. On the way back, though, I had a weird exchange with a person that I couldn't quite pick if they worked at the airport or not. Usually there's telltale signs. They're never a great uh, situation to be in if you don't know if they're, you know, flying the plane or not. I'm going to assume... Was there a high vis involved? I feel like that sort of gets you into a lot of places. There was not. There was no high vis. There was no uh, a pilot hat. There was mm. no classic Qantas uniform. Yeah. You know, which distinguishes from someone rushing around manically trying to get through security. Certainly. So I um had a bit of time between a couple of flights. So five oh, yeah, you hours took to 50 kill. Flights yesterday. I or took yeah. Saturday, Sunday. Sunday. It's all yeah. a blur now. I had a, five hours to kill. Yeah. I went off to like a DFO shopping strip. Sure. And there was like a free shuttle bus between the airport and the DFO. That's nice. So I wander over there, wait for the bus. I know it's coming about half an hour. And this guy comes up to me and goes, where are you going? <laughs> like, none of your business, mate. Yeah, yeah, none of your business. This guy's sort of wearing like a business shirt. He's got a big black uh, backpack on his back. And I'm like, um, just, just the DFO? And he's like, okay, cool. Well, there's a bus coming in 30 minutes. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Great. I checked the timetable myself. That's why I'm here. (laughs) Then he moves on to the next person, uh, a couple of ladies that are sitting down. Yep, yep, yep. And says, where are you guys going? I'm like, why does this guy want to know what's going on? Does Mm. he work here? I was just very confused. And then one of the bus rocks up, and it's not mine, but it's like another shuttle between transits, whatever. Yep, yep. He then starts moving people's luggage to and from this bus and then takes other luggage from the bus off to the terminal. I'm like... Who is this guy? I don't know. People did that for buses. He's not wearing a lanyard. He's not doing... 
Well, like, that that should be your telltale sign because I think isn't that like a part big part of airports is you have to wear that specific lanyard to yes. say that you're a. I'm looking for a walkie-talkie. I'm looking for any sort of sign that maybe he's affiliated with the airport. Otherwise, he's just some stranger off the street. Surely, if he is working there, he would take the backpack off. And he'd jump onto the bus well, and start driving it himself. That's what my thought was. I don't think anyone on shift at the airport is wearing a backpack while they walk around. Exactly. Otherwise, he's got extra load unnecessarily. Was there any other sort of what you would describe as signs that he wasn't employed? Mm. Is there any other red flags? I'd love to, I'd love to know uh, what his pants situation was. No, the pants were fine. But when I did get on the bus and it took me to a completely different city, mm. I realized, okay, maybe it doesn't work here. <laughs> You're probably considering someone that you love or thinking about them, hopefully. Maybe you got someone special in your life. Right now, I want you to reconsider that. Oh, take it all back. Take it all you back. Because you need to assess your compatibility. And I, I don't necessarily, Jules, I don't necessarily believe in certain styles of compatibility, but people look to the star signs for their compatibility. Yes. You read your horoscope. You say, does this person work for me? And generally speaking across my life, I've said that's absolute garbage. And if you believe in it, you're an idiot. Oh. But right now I'm looking at what I think to be possibly scientific evidence oh. that suggests that star signs might be legit. This is quite the turn. This is the 180. I know. but well, that's science. Hmm? You know, good evidence can prove it. Uh, I came across this list of star signs, Jules, whilst looking at serial killers. <laughs> My Valentine's Day wasn't as wholesome as everyone else's. <laughs> okay. um, and as it turns out, the majority, and by saying the majority, almost exclusively all of the world's most notorious serial killers share the same four star signs. Yikes. So test your compatibility with your partner today. And if they have a certain star sign, maybe consider reporting them to the police. Mm, watch them. So we are talking about the likes of Ted Bundy, Jeffrey Dahmer, Ed Gain, John Wayne Gacy, Mary Bell, Leslie Bailey, George Chapman, amongst many others, many more, they all share the same four star signs, which are Sagittarius. Oh, no. Gemini, Virgo, and Pisces. Oh. If you're with one of those four. Oh, I am. Is your boyfriend, Peter, which <laughs> one is he? He's a Sagittarius. Jeez, Ted Bundy was a Sagittarius by looking at my list. Oh, no. This but, is not good. Actually, your boyfriend has a very similar... I've not really had much to do with him, but he had very, has a very similar demeanor. I mean, yeah, sure. It's charming. You know, sometimes wholesome, sometimes not. Your boyfriend sometimes <laughs> not. Okay. That's <laughs> concerning. <laughs> That's very concerning. So what should I do? Um, Look, you've got two options as far as I'm concerned. You sort of have the classic thing of, you know, you can just sort of play it by ear and wait till he you know, goes a bit psycho killer <laughs> on you. Throws you into a Norman Bates situation. Right. Yep. Um, or as it turns out, this might be just like star signs in general. Um, horseshit. So, you know, he might be <laughs> fine as far as I know. We want to talk memorable Valentine's Day gifts, whether it's memorable for a good reason, maybe a not so good reason. We want to hear all your stories on 131060. Um, Nick, this was a couple of years ago. Yeah. Uh, an ex of mine. We didn't discuss whether we were going to do Valentine's Day gifts. That's dangerous. Well, that is that's a that's very uncomfortable, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, I'm assuming you hadn't been together for a little while, or yeah, I think it must have been like under six months or something. And I went for the safe case of let's just get something, so I got him like a bottle of wine that I knew he liked. Okay, that's that's nice. That's considerate. He okay. was empty-handed, and he felt so uncomfortable. And I was like, oh no, what have I done? Oh, so the gift you gave was nothing. Oh, he gave was nothing. He ended up rushing off to. Um, Ikea of all places and yep. buying like a random print that I had seen a couple of weeks ago for the, me. F the Finjorgen. You know, as they, they've got their Swedish names or something. Yeah. Whatever. What's your Finjorgen? A print. It was like the City of Love. It was of Paris. It wasn't intentionally a Valentine's Day thing, but he remembered that I liked it. So it actually sort of worked out nicely. Okay. Memorable gift. You know, you got. A, do you still have that picture? 
I do. Yep. Oof. In my parents' house. Your, the, the bedroom of love. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful stuff. Let's throw to the phones right now. 131060. Steve from Bendigo. Memorable gifts. We hear you've been getting one for quite a while. Yeah, mate. Yeah, so I've been married 22 years. Okay. And um, she has given me the exact same uh, card, Valentine's Day card, for nine years straight. Does it print every year or does she just make photocopies well, of this? I, 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 no, so she would have got bulk at one time, right? <laughs> no, 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 mate. She bought one nine years ago. She wrote on it, lovely message, beautiful stuff, all the rest of it. Yeah. I said, thank you very much, put it in my drawer, and the next year... I got the exact same card. Same card. Same oh, handwriting. Literally, Who sorry, she's repurposed. <laughs> she's reusing and recycling. Yeah, she steals it. She steals it back oh, and then she gives it back to me. The message is the same every year. <laughs> exactly the same. <laughs> no, that's changed. actually that's very sweet. I really, I, I love that because it's it's you can look back on previous years. That's actually a great yeah, one. Yeah. Appreciate the call there, Steve. Going to Carly from Bendigo. Carly, we hear from our producer Matt. You've got a bit of a competition going with your partner to figure out uh, Valentine's Day gifts. Uh, yes, and, and what is love if it's not a competition? Um, so <laughs> yeah, what we do is we notice that we were spending a heap of money and a heap of time and a heap of energy shopping for the perfect gift. Yes. Yeah. And there wasn't a lot around. It was the same sort of stuff every year. So we made a competition to um, see who could give the tackiest and the cheapest gift. And there's a lot around to choose from. Oh, because yeah. you spend just as much love, just as much time and just as much thought on the person, but you don't spend a fortune on, you know, flowers that are going to die in a couple of days. So we have a competition to see who can give the cheapest and the tackiest Valentine's Day gift. Great. And you do shop hard for it. <laughs> okay. Give us some examples, Carly. What have you guys exchanged? Uh, well, this morning um, it was a um, – he gave me a chocolate and I don't eat chocolate, so that's pretty tacky. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> the best, the best worst gift we ever gave was the first year we did it. He gave me a rose, a material rose, which was a lace rose, <laughs> and I thought mm, that's pretty ugly. But um, I won't, you know, we will see. And anyway, I was declared the winner. But then I didn't, I wasn't totally honest for about three hours because the rose was actually a g-string folded up to make a rose, <laughs> and he didn't realise. So he'd given me this, and he's like, "I'm really sorry. It's kind of nice." And I'm like, "Yeah, it is." Kind of nice. And then when I, about three hours later, I thought, I can't win by cheating. So I unfolded it and said, you realise this is actually a G-string? And he goes, oh, my God, that's <laughs> like the winner. So then that has become the trophy, which is called the G-string of shame. Oh, um, wow. And every year, if you lose, you have to have the photo on your head um, okay. of that on Facebook. And at the moment, we're in a bit of a standoff. We're waiting for my um, for our, another child to umpire because the kids get to umpire it. Yeah, great. Because, of yeah, I gave him, mm. yeah, I gave him something that he thinks was quite nice and it was $4 worth, so that's pretty expensive on the Valentine's Day rules. Mm. And he gave me something that was $2, which was the chocolate rose, and it's like, he reckons he wins. What did you give it was $4, Carly? Uh, well, I was a bit lazy this year. It was um, some material rose petals that they were just ugly. <laughs> I, I mean, Sorry again, if we're, gave it as a proper yeah, gift, if anyone's but... littering them out right now, we're not the adjudicators. Like we're not the adjudicators. But I would like to give my two cents. I think that you've given a worse gift because at least the chocolate can be used by someone. No one needs. And it was Belgian rose. chocolate too. Like oh, it wasn't the best. Oh, you know, hello. Well, that's what it says on the box. It doesn't mean much. Two dollars bargain for Belgium. <laughs> I know. And my rose petals were four dollars. So he's he's literally going to work right now, going, I am the winner, and I'm literally going to work, going. That other child better wake up soon and tell me I'm the winner. Mm. Well, we'll see what happens. Might, yeah, yeah, when the referees have their verdict <laughs> later on this afternoon. Appreciate the call, Carly. You're a legend, and uh, enjoy the rest of your Valentine's Day. <laughs> Cheers. You too. That was the Nick and Jules podcast.